Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thanks so much for being with us today. You know, I was just thinking about the lonely little social media platform called LinkedIn and the fact that, you know, we lonely. Not, I know I you thousands of people you on are on it all the time, but we don't highlight it very often. No, so I just don't. wanted to remind everyone that LinkedIn is a great way to not only connect with Jim and I personally, but also the brands. I work for him, she works for him, and I retire for him in places where you can be sharing with your coworkers, with your employees, the pl- people that you engage with on LinkedIn. Share with them the message that you maybe hear on one of these podcasts. So um, I'd love for you to connect with us there. We'd love to get to know you better. You know, some interviews are a piece of cake to set up and some are not. Today's interview has been in the works for two plus years. (laughs) Pete Oaks owns an investment firm that owns parts or all of many businesses. One of them is a manufacturing company. Pete also loves Jesus. At age 40, Pete was, was successful in getting close to being independently wealthy but he had a serious case of life dissatisfaction. Not unlike King Solomon, as he expressed it in Ecclesiastes, God set Pete on a road to satisfaction that took him to prison, and not the way you think. Today, you're going to hear the story of how Pete interlaces his faith in his business and how that interlacing is changing lives every day all over Kansas and around the country. Pete Oaks, welcome to I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, it is great to be here, and I'm... uh... It has been well worth the wait. Awesome. I'm glad. I hope you feel that way at the end of the interview. Yeah. Pete, why did you become a follower of Jesus? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Jim, I would, you know, I was, I, I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home, and my parents were godly, great people. And so at the age of 12, literally at a summer camp, I came to Christ, and that changed my life. But I will tell you, it probably wasn't until I got to college. Uh, I went to college in the early 70s, and uh, I think the times then were almost as crazy as they are today. And when I saw the, the nuttiness of the world, I just began to, to dig deeper because I'd grown up in a small uh, town in, in Kansas, and it was, I was probably fairly sheltered. And so I ran into some other Christians there who just lived the life of Jesus like I'd never seen. And so I began to fellowship with them. I remember, uh, you know, they were very good about encouraging me to be in God's word. When I, I picked up, I'd always uh, used the King James Bible, and they'd, they gave me a new international version. And I started reading that, and I literally read that entire Bible in one setting because I had never seen God's word so alive and come off the page like it did. So uh, I was literally taken by God's word, and it, I think I made I made Jesus my Savior at twelve. I think I made Him the Lord of my life uh, in college. Mm, what a powerful message! And it is so true. The more that we read the Scripture for ourselves and apply it, let it soak into our own lives, the more we can have that um, perspective of what God has. In, for us in our lives. And I think that's going to be thread throughout this conversation today. So 
So, Pete, tell us about your company. What is Capital 3 all about? Is it Capital 3 or Capital III? I always say it in my head. I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> yeah, so we call it Capital 3. Okay. okay. And uh, that is because we really want to create three forms of capital, economic, social, and spiritual. And, mm. and we'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point in time here. But uh, I spent eight years in the commercial banking business, and at the age of 30, decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I started my own company and that was Capital Three. We spent uh, the first eight years of that being the middleman uh, in the sale of privately held companies. So we would we would help buyers and sellers put their transaction together. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the 1990s, uh, I, uh, I, I violated the number one rule of business and that is don't fall in love with your inventory. And we there was a little business that was available for sale and we bought it. And uh, that started uh, this on a journey. So during the 90s, we put together a portfolio of companies that we purposed, uh, we purchased. We typically did the leveraged buyout transaction. We put a little down. We leveraged them very hard. We'd run them for four or five years and then flip them. We made a lot of money doing that. Uh, I will tell you uh, that was uh, satisfying to a degree. 9-11 hit uh, in 2001, and it really changed the way we did business. We came very close to going broke. And uh, I think God used that to get my attention. So over the next 20 years, we've had a, you know, we skinnied up. Uh, we had a seven or eight companies. We shrank that down to three. And so today we have really uh, four companies that we're dealing with. We have a manufacturing company called Electrics. We build electrical assemblies. We have a wiring harness company, and that is our wiring harness company. We have an industrial seating company called Seat King. Uh, we have a run of river hydroelectric project uh, company. We build projects in Honduras called Rio Energy. And then we're launching or soon to launch an education coaching company around high impact businesses. So uh, we employ about 1,200 folks in three countries today. That's fantastic. So, Pete, at what point in time in your life, though, did you realize that your work as a business guy, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a professional investor, was a ministry and, in fact, a fantastic mission field. Yes, well, uh, Jim, that was a journey. Uh, I will tell you, I spent the first eight years of my professional life in the commercial banking business. I had this uh, entrepreneurial itch to start my own business, so I started an investment banking company at the age of 30. I will tell you the first three years of that were um, excruciating. I took a 75% pay cut. I went from working from eight in the morning till five at night to five in the morning to eight at night. Uh, I did that for about three years. My wife came to me and said, time out. You can't do this anymore. So I agreed not to work on Sunday and only work a half a day on Saturday. And all of a sudden my business flourished. And I think it was one of those things where God was teaching me a lesson that if you don't honor the Sabbath, uh, things aren't going to go that well. So over the next six or seven years, we had a really good run. Uh, one of the companies that we were the middleman on was a bank. We had uh, found a bank and sold it to a gentleman who was not a banker. He got it in trouble. I got called in to take the bank over and straighten it out. Uh, long story short, I was repossessing assets and suing people and doing everything I could. 
And I happened to be countersued by one of those people that I was trying to repossess their business because the bank was in really, it was in deep trouble, actually. Uh, I went to my attorney. He said, Pete, uh, the prior gentleman, when he loaned that fellow the money, uh, violated a number of banking rules and you're done. I had bought the stock of the bank, so I inherited all the liabilities. And uh, I was distraught. They said, no, we've got to go ahead. Long story short, we started depositions, went through four or five days. I was spending $8,000 a day. Uh, on Friday, I got up knowing that I was going to, to start over in life. I was reading in Proverbs 6. The Oaks translation that says, if you've gotten yourself in a jam, go humble yourself and beg to get out of the jam. So that day, I went to the fellow that was suing me and asked if I could speak to him. His attorney allowed us that to happen. So I went to his office at um, two o'clock on Sunday afternoon. He came in, he said, what do you want? So I get up out of my chair, I walk over and I get down on my knees in front of his desk. And I said, uh, Lynn, uh, I'm a Christian. I was reading in my quiet time on Friday in Proverbs 6, that if you've gotten yourself in a jam, go humble yourself and beg to get out of the jam. I'm, 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 this lawsuit has me in a jam. I will go bankrupt, and I'm begging you, let me out of this lawsuit. And he began to weep uncontrollably. He told me he'd become a Christian 30 days earlier, and in five minutes, we had the lawsuit settled. For the first time in my life, I understood that God's word could help me in business, and it changed my life from there, really going forward. Wow. So how, what, did, what did that look like? What did that perspective change do as you started to apply it to your businesses? What did that look like? Yes. Martha, I think the, the big thing was I made this switch. After that happened, I then sought out some mentors and really began to say, what does that look like? And I had I'd never heard of the word stewardship. And all of a sudden, I was introduced to the word stewardship versus ownership. And when that happened, it rocked my world. So during the 90s, I just spent my time um, saying, what does it look like to steward God's business? And that is where probably a lot of our philosophy, uh, generosity, all of these kinds of things uh, came into being. Unfortunately, I mistook stewardship, and I thought it was financial generosity. So we put the hammer down on our business. We made a lot of money. We gave a lot of money away. 9-11 rolled around, and we about went bank, bankrupt again. And I, I looked at God, and I said, uh, don't you understand what I've done for you? <laughs> <laughs> that worked and, out uh, really well for you, I'm sure. It, uh, it, it, he taught me another lesson. And I think I went from pursuing success at age 40 to significance, really, at age 40. Mm -hmm. But I think at the age of 50 on that second go-around, I went, you know, went from success, holding on tightly to the things that Pete had accumulated, to, to significance, letting God use them as he wanted, to really surrender when I was 50 and saying, put everything on the table. God, it's yours. How do you want me to, to change my life? You know, and that's such a huge thing for somebody, especially in your industry where stewardship and ownership, like that's what you that's what you juggle all day long. And so for God to teach you that lesson, something that we can all learn from. What a great thing. We got lots more we're gonna hear from Pete Oaks. Check him out online, highimpactlife.com, highimpactlife.com. 
And a little later on the show, we're going to give away a copy, a bundle of books, and the training, A High Impact Life. Get tuned in to sign up and call the number 866-713-9675. We'll be right back with more from P-Dokes. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to I Work For Him. As we're talking today with Pete Oaks. You can check him out online. His favorite website is highimpactlife.com, highimpactlife.com. Martha, there's a giveaway today. Well, there is. So actually, it is a coupon code available to all of you listeners. It's 10% off. And I think we're going to talk more about what this product is okay. in a minute because we need to understand what we're, what we're getting here. But if you go to the um, highimpactlife.com and look for the book bundle, and then there's a small group video series. It all goes hand in hand. And there's a 10% off coupon code if you put in I work for him. That's I work the number for him. And you'll be able, and we'll put that in the show notes. So it's not like you have to juggle and figure that all out right now. But we just want to point that out because, you know, it's so great when we have a generous guest who has a product that can be so useful for each one of us to be able to have that. Why don't you tell us about the usefulness? What is is this useful for? Oh, uh, Jim, I would say it's useful for the person who has, who thinks that their platform, their job, or their career, is their purpose in life. Uh, Your job or your platform is really just the venue that God's given you to live out your purpose. I believe that our purpose in life is really to honor God. Uh, You'll see on the front of the book, we talk about uh, loving your purpose, living with passion, leveraging your platform. And loving your purpose, I think, is really to, to honor God. I think your passions, once you make that transformation to follow Jesus, we moved from we moved from pride, pleasure, and possessions to uh, serving people, to being excellent, and being a good steward. I think it's that that whole transformation. So we should become passionate, not about pride, pleasure, and possessions, but about service, excellence, and stewardship. When we do that, it really impacts our platform in life, which is uh, really contains three things. We call it economic, social, and spiritual wealth or capital. And uh, the biggest mistake I've made in my life is to think that my platform was my purpose. So I would really encourage people not to do that. So the one thing I'm curious, and you can just tell us and the listeners all at the same time, there's a companion guide. So this is not necessarily just a journey to take by ourselves. Tell us what that, um, how that helps us. Yes. So I think one of the most important things I did, Martha, in my life at the age of 25 was to write my first personal plan. So the the habits guide that goes with this really is a step-by-step guide over eight weeks that will take you through your own personal plan. So you'll wind up uh, learning how to do a personal mission statement. You'll define your values. You'll you'll talk about some 50-year goals. We try to think you get you to think bigger. And then, of course, we just set all these particular goals with regards to your family and your work and all those kinds of things. And uh, I have found, I've 
I've written a personal plan every year now for 45 years. And I think it's one of the most important things I do annually. But how did you do a 25 on your 50-year plan? Because you're coming up on that. How'd you do? Um, so in the plan, uh, back then I called them BHAGs, which you're familiar with, oh, big, yeah. hairy, audacious goals. So I set three or four big, hairy, audacious goals in my 25, when I was 25. Uh, I have achieved all of those goals. And I think we oftentimes don't think big enough. I think sometimes there is this thing that you need to think bigger. And I, I, and I'm, I don't think thinking bigger just to think bigger is what you should do. I think you should think bigger as to how God can work through you to do things. Mm. So I'm a big believer in setting those goals because I think subconsciously, Maybe every day I didn't look at those, but they were in the back of my mind and everything I did, I was working towards achieving those. Ah, speaking of super big BHAGs, I like to call them SBHAGs, super BHAGs, and, and transformational thinking. And really what you described in A High Impact Life is just teaching people a kingdom mindset, really transforming their thinking, the whole Romans 12-2 transformation. And yes. you applied that to Capital Three. Because one of your businesses is a manufacturing business, as you mentioned before. What's so unusual about the way you do your manufacturing? Sure. So once again, Capital Three stands for the creation of economic, social, and spiritual capital. Milton Friedman, the, the renowned economist, won a Nobel Prize because he made the statement or the philosophy that the purpose of business is to maximize shareholder value. We think it is greater than that. We think it is to create, make money but also to build great relationships and ultimately share, you know, the hope that we have in Jesus. So uh, two of our businesses, actually one's located in Seat King is actually located in a maximum security prison. And we have another business now located in a medium security prison called Electrics. So on any given day, we employ about 220 inmates mm -hmm. that build stuff for us inside of a maximum security prison. We have about 100,000 square feet in there. This year, we'll build 800,000 seats inside of a prison. Uh, if you can imagine 12 or 15 semi-loads of material coming in and out of a maximum security prison, it is, uh, it's definitely a challenge. I bet that that's it got is, some logis is, yeah, logistic challenge. Let's make sure that there's nothing else a little seedy coming in on those uh, manufacturing pieces. But I'm sure I, they make sure of, of all of that. I'm sure, I'm sure they do. <laughs> There's probably a few checks and balances. <laughs> but, but, I mean, putting a manufacturing facility inside of a maximum me and medium security prison, a little bit of an out-of-the-box idea, but talk about a kingdom impact. Your reputation preceded you, which is why you're on the show today. This has been a really big deal, hasn't it? It has been. And uh, if I'm honest with you, Jim, I went in there because of greed. We had, we had a rapidly growing manufacturing company, and I could not find enough workers to work, entry-level manufacturing to work in that business. So I went to the local. I'd heard about the work release program where they literally take inmates and they ship them to your business. You work them during the day, and then they go back to prison at night. I did that, and I did that for a month. And I went back to the warden of the prison and said, I need 10 or 12 more of these guys. He said, I don't have them. But what I have is we are vacating manufacturing space inside of the prison. And if you could figure out how to move your business inside the walls of a prison, I've got a thousand guys ready to work. Mm. 
And I said, that is perfect. And within 30 days, we had moved a portion of our business inside the walls of a maximum security prison. And that was in 2006. Okay, so this is where I get a little excited. So talk about what the result has been of taking that step. Even And, and I love that you're honest, that you said, you know, this started out of greed. You had a need and you saw a way to get it filled. But isn't that, that's creative. But what more has God done as a result of that relationship with the the Yes. Martha, I had no idea uh, what would happen. Uh, Literally within about 90 days of being inside the prison, um, God really showed me that uh, this was a place we could have great impact. So we had had this philosophy of this triple bottom line of, of business, economic, social, and spiritual capital. But I think being inside of the prison, it is a desert of human flourishing. There is no money, there are no relationships, and there's not very much Jesus, okay? And so we really began to figure out how we could help these men. I like the parable of the Good Samaritan because, uh, you know, it talks about the, Le- the, the, the spiritual guys, the priest and Levite came along, and they walked around the guy laying in the ditch dying. But the Good Samaritan, and I like to think of him as an entrepreneur, came along, picked him up took him to the hotel, paid for his room, et cetera. So we try to always lead with economic capital. We want to give you a good job and pay you well. The second thing we want to do is we want to love you like we love ourselves. We want to create a great relationship. And when you do that, then this whole, the doors to spiritual capital literally fly open. But how do you pay guys in prison? I mean, because they're used to getting (laughs) 20 cents a day for stamping license license plates. You can't. I mean, what do they do with the money? I mean, do you actually pay them like normal wages? Yes. So uh, Kansas is actually one of the leaders in private industry inside of prisons. So we pay our folks uh, fair wages, probably a minimum of $10 an hour up to as high as $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. We actually don't even set the wage. The state of Kansas will have wage books and they'll look at a welder and maybe he has five years of experience, we owe him $18 an hour. So we literally pay what the state of Kansas said is the prevailing wage rate okay. for that particular work. Wow. That has had uh, unbelievable impact. I will tell you that 25% of that wage comes off the top and goes back to the state of Kansas for room and board. Okay. So this year's, um, there's probably, uh, this year there'll be 1.5 million paid by our inmates that go back to the state of Kansas for room and board. Also, restitution comes out, child support comes out. Um, they have money. It costs 17 cents a minute to visit with your family if you're talking on a prison phone. So if you make 50 cents a day, you simply don't have family relationships because you can't visit with them. Our guys probably spend 20, 30, 40 dollars a week just speaking with their family. Mm. So the impact of that being able to build those relationships and and have conversation with their own family as a result of being employed, that that's just one tip of the iceberg that we wouldn't have any perspective on if we have not lived in that world. Um, that's just amazing. So, uh, I mean, we, we got to take a break. When I come back, I want to ask this question. I want to know, how do you manage people inside a prison? Because that means you have to send got to send people to prison in order to work to manage the people that are working inside the prison who are supposed to be there and we want to talk about the life impact 
You listen to I Work Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we talk with Pete Oaks. Check him out online, highimpactlife.com, highimpactlife.com. We'll be right back. Want to build a profitable side hustle that impacts people with truth and healing in themselves and in their leadership? Then look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years and has over 500 coaches in over 127 countries. Their coaches are being hired by Fortune 500 companies and organizations like I Work For Him. Martha and I took the Giant Sherpa training under one of these great coaches to become leaders worth following. Giant gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch, like hands-on training from top-level coaches, access to an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, and you get to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn how to build a successful coaching business. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash iworkforhim. If you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go to giant.tv forward slash iworkforhim. That's giant.tv forward slash iworkforhim. Hey, welcome back to iworkforhim. Talking today with Pete Oaks. He's got an incredible story. I, I hope you're enjoying as it lays out for us here on the podcast today. Highimpactlife.com. If you want to see what Pete has done in his businesses and apply it to your own, at what he's doing at Capital 3, do it on your own. Highimpactlife.com. Highimpactlife.com. Pete, I said before the break, I want to ask this question. Okay. You got all these inmates. You know, and we, all, we always joke about, you know, don't let the inmates out of the building. Well, in this case, you can't let the inmates out of the building. And they're building your, they're manufacturing the stuff that you sell. How do you manage those people? Are you hauling in managers? Are you sending managers to prison so they can, I mean, tell us how this works. Yes. So we have about, let's uh, at the current time, about 220 inmates working for us. I am guessing that on an average day, 25 to 30 of our people will literally go inside of the prison and manage those folks. So we have, you know, the general manager will have, uh, we literally have inmates doing very sophisticated computer-aided design workforce. Mm. So we'll have managers over various departments. So uh, those people are very committed and they have, I will tell you, they've bought into our vision of, of really changing the world through helping inmates. We have a, a saying in our business that leaders bring vision, humility, and courage to a team effort. And the vision that we have cast for the inmates is that we want to have the best prison in the United States of America. And the way we will have that prison, uh, the way it'll be the best prison is that if they are the best inmates. So our promise to them is that we will help you do whatever it takes to help you become the best person you can be, be in prison. So we have all kinds of social programs. We have 15,000 hours of training. Uh, we started a seminary in the prison. We've had eight graduate. We've got 23 currently in tow. Uh, we built a million-dollar church inside of the prison. Uh, so there are just this multitude of things. We teach them generosity. We challenged them uh, a couple of years ago to build one house in Ecuador that was uh, uh, demolished by a an earthquake, and they built three. Mm. And so we match everything they do. So. Uh, they're just to, to see when you, when you give someone a good job and you love them, like you love them yourself and you give them the hope that you can have in Jesus, it totally transforms them. 
And it has been a really, really powerful thing. You know, Pete, and I think that's one of the things that gets Jim and I so excited is that number, I mean, there's so many things we could focus in on, but the fact that God gave you the opportunity to look at a, a situation very creatively and say, how can we all be winners in this situation? But then the fact that you have this core values that you're you're touching on, you know, the economic, the social, and the spiritual, and you just very quickly showed us lots of things that are happening inside the prison in all of those areas. And we know this is just the tip of the iceberg, and it's not your only business, and it's not the only way that God is doing this. But what I hope the listeners hear is that we can all be creative. We can all ask Him to give us solutions beyond what we could ever imagine. I had never, ever heard of anything like this happening inside the walls of a prison. And to hear the opportunity and the way that, you know, you are, you are being the tool for second chances for a lot of people. And um, the, the, just the ripple effect of that, that you will never know how it's impacted them is so exciting. And I just want the listeners, for all of us to say, Lord, what do you have and what do I have responsibility over and what can I be doing with that? And have it be more than just the economic impact going beyond that. And the flourishing that's happening in that prison alone, let alone the homes that then see it and witness it. Let's talk about that. So what is that impact on the lives of your workers while they're in prison and then after they get out? Because you've got a rotating workforce because people go to prison in maximum security. Maybe they're in there for a long time, but in medium security, they're in and out. I mean, talk about the, the impact. Sure. Uh, let's start with economic impact. Uh, first, they have a job and uh, they're learning a trade. Oftentimes, they'll leave us with five to, we've had uh, men leave us with fifty dollars to $70,000 of cash. Many of them start jobs. Uh, two men got out two months ago and they've started a welding shop. We hooked them up with other uh, uh, businesses in town that needed subcontract welding. Uh, mm. I can tell you uh, one of the inmates that got out that was in for life and literally got out because he bought into this vision of being the best inmate that he could be had earned. He wrote a 40 page manual on how to be the best inmate that earned him a parole hearing. He eventually got out. He now runs a company called Redemption Inc. Redemption Inc. And it's a tattoo shop. And he literally, uh, just signed a multi-million dollar contract with Netflix to talk about and to show how he is redeeming uh, gangs and gang tattoos uh, through this business of wow. his. So it's, it's just amazing. Uh, the greatest thing probably we see is that, you know, they have relationships with their families now. And then, you know, our, our ultimate goal is to share uh, the love of Jesus with them. Many of them come to Christ, some don't, but they've all heard the good news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're in prison in Kansas somewhere and they get out. Do you have jobs for them in manufacturing after they get out? Like, do you have some inmates that could get out of prison, but go back to work in prison every day because they get out, but they have a job? I mean, how's that all work? Sure. So we do have some jobs available. And if we have a job, we will definitely hire them. We probably have 10 or 12 working for us now. If not, we have really good relationships with many businesses around uh, Wichita and throughout Kansas, and we'll literally get on the phone, and it doesn't take very long for them to get a job. I I will tell you one other uh, major statistic 
that is just amazing to me. The recidivism rate, that's the rate that inmates come back to prison over a five-year period, is typically about 70%, 70%. Ours is 7%. So if you run those numbers at a cost of about 30000 per year to house an inmate, the economic impact alone to the state of whatever state is amazing. Send your check to Pete Oaks for president, Pete Oaks for president.com. <laughs> Pete Oaks for president. Imagine if we could actually attack crime like this in every state of the union and all seven territories. Hmm. Pete, it's just, it's on, that's staggering. That is staggering numbers. Recidivism rate to be reduced by 63, when that's 63%, from 70 to 7%. That's staggering. Hmm. Martha, final question. Yes. It is. So Pete, you know, you, God obviously is not done with you yet. You, he has done so many things through you that he has allowed your fingers to touch, including the writing of this book, A High Impact Life, that we've been talking about. And remember, the, um, all the links will be in the show notes for uh, getting access to that at a discounted rate. But what does God have for you next? What are you doing now in this next stage, whatever that might be, to help transform lives and influence the marketplace. You bet. So I turned 70 two weeks ago. Happy birthday. And, and so uh, I will tell you the last three or four years of my life has been uh, a challenge for me. I like the fight. I love business. I'm an entrepreneur, but I've also realized that there are stages in life that you need to, you have to change. I had to let the younger generation of leaders in our business step up and take over. So if I have really worked the last two or three years to say, how am I going to spend my 70s mm-hmm. and how is it going to be the most impactful? So we are about to come out with a new book called High Impact Business. And we literally uh, take you through, I've just gone back and looked at our business for the last 20 years and I've taken all of our operating systems and all of our procedures And we really talk about the four key disciplines of business. What's the purpose of your business? The why question. Uh, uh, What's the strategy of your business? Basically, who are you serving? How how do you operate? Which is the operations of your business? And what is your impact for your, and that's the execution of business. So we are uh, hopefully launching this summer uh, an online uh, literally an online MBA program to uh, learn how to do high impact business. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I love young people and I love business. So that's really been going to be my focus. Pete, we could talk for hours and we've already talked for over a half an hour. I, I just can't thank you enough for the time you've taken just to share your story, to share the inspiration. I'm hoping that everybody listening today is thinking about how can I do, how can I hear the Lord to do something totally innovative? My idea uh, let's let's get it to be reproduced in prisons across America, and then let's bring those manufacturing businesses back to small town America, where there mm. is a desperate need for jobs all over the Midwest and around the country. Pete Oaks, thank you so much for being on I Work for Him today. Jim and Martha, it's been great to be here. I love uh, the key is to work for him. So I really appreciate what you all are doing. Stay at it. All right. Check out Pete online, highimpactlife.com, highimpactlife.com. You've been listening to the I Work Brain Radio program with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. 
For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.